We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we've been wondering for the last couple of months whether or not the Sean Payton-led Broncos were going to make nice and and reunite with their leading rusher from last year, Latavius Murray, Zach, and also the guy who, for what it's worth, has some history with Sean Payton, former New Orleans Saint running back as well. But we've got some resolution on that today. Um, You had the story for us, so tell everybody what's what's the haps with Latavius Murray. Yeah, I mean, you and I were among many people who thought when the Broncos, even before they hired Sean Payton, we thought they'd bring back Latavius Murray, who looked really well in place of Melvin Gordon. He brought some stability to that position. He was really a a glowing spot in a season that didn't have too many, but um, apparently he's not coming back to Denver, at least not now, according to Mike Kliss, who would be surprised if the Broncos brought him back. And that's not really... That much of breaking news to me. They went out and signed Samaj P. Ryan. They went out and signed Tony Jones. They have Javante Williams. They're working at running backs like Sean Tucker from Syracuse. They have some young guys on the roster like Tyler Batty, uh, Demarie Crockett, and those type of people. So I wish Latavius well. I think he still has plenty left in the tank where he can help a team as a backup running back. He visited Buffalo, so maybe he'll land there, but it's not looking like he's coming back to Denver for a year or two. As much as I like Latavius Murray and was pleasantly surprised by what production he provided last year, not just production, Zach, but I like kind of some of the intangible stuff, like that sideline spat between uh, Dalton Reisner and Brett Rippon, man. He got in between, right. right, when Dalton put hands on Brett and he pushed him back, and Dalton's like, oh, you want some too? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But he pleasantly surprised and impressed me last season, so I've kind of been keeping the, the hope alive a little bit because as a depth option, man, he proved to be quite valuable, but unfortunately, he's also one of those guys, Zach, where he's at that point in his career between age and kind of relative reputation where he's a wait till you got a must have it, got a, you know, emergency type situation, meaning he'll probably languish on the free agent market until cleats start hitting the grass, knees start getting affected, you know, this practice, that practice, this team, that team, and that could end up being the Broncos for what it's worth. It's just not right now. I think there is a bit of recency bias with uh, Latavius Murray as well, only because he didn't fumble. You know, unlike Melvin Gordon, who fumbled every other carry, Latavius was very consistent, very reliable. He didn't break many long runs. He's not that explosive, but he is what he is, and that's a backup workhorse. So, again, I do wish him well, but it's not looking like uh, Denver is in the cards for 2023. Guys, we are so stoked tonight. Lots to talk about, but we're especially excited because we get to say hello to Sam Bam, one of our great Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstars. And it's been a long time coming. We're going to introduce uh, you guys to Sam and ourselves. We're, we're going to talk to him here in just a minute. But before we do, quick shout out to Michael Ronquillo, throwing down, be, being very generous as always, and just supportive, helping to keep us excited, keep us motivated. And, of course, keeping the lights on. So, Mike, I just wanted to give you 
a uh, mile high salute right out of the gates, big dog. Um, and this is cool, man. This is cool. He's saying, I have my building the Broncos and mile high insider shirt picks on my Twitter page, go Broncos. I'll go find those and we'll put them on, uh, we'll, we'll flex you on uh, Instagram when the time comes, my friend. Very cool. We appreciate you uh, patronizing MHHmerch.com, my friend. All right. Let's segue for a minute here, Zach, because long have we been waiting for the opportunity to talk with Sam Bam. We got to know uh, Sam Bam, I guess, crossed our path, I would say, what, about maybe two years ago, Sam, something like that? Do you think it's been about that long? I'm going to bring him on, but uh, anyway, and it's been a joy getting to know him. Very big supporter, and Zach, very knowledgeable Broncos fan. So without further ado, let's bring him on. You know him. You love him. This is Sam Bam, the Super Chat Superstar here at MHH. Sam, first things first, bro, I got – Zach and I both have a few questions for you, but first things first, thank you. Much love and respect to you, my dog. How are you tonight? Doing fine, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. Zach, we can uh, maybe go back and forth in terms of asking him some relevant – uh, to the current storyline stuff, but we got to get some origin stories here too on how you became a Broncos fan. But let me just keep it first things first, since we opened and titled the episode around Latavius Murray. How does that make you feel hearing that the Broncos under Sean Payton are not necessarily looking to bring him back right now? Well, a little unfortunate because, you know, with the, uh, the injury to Javante Williams, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. We don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, mid season or uh, the entire season. It sounded like when he had that injury, in uh, Vegas, uh, it was going to be at least uh, maybe a two-year thing. So it looks like the depth right now is uh, Samaji Pirine and Tony Jones, and Latavius Murray is a good running back. So uh, it's unfortunate because I think uh, the Broncos, you know, with their improved offensive line, are going to have a good, uh, you know, a good run game. So I think they can plug someone in there. So and I think Latavius Murray can do that. He can be the power back, and uh, Pirine can be more the uh, pass catching back. So. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think, um, you no know, running backs can be filled. They can be filled. And so I think they'll find someone else either through the draft or through free agency. While we're on the top of Sam, uh, moves the Broncos have made or have not made. How hold would on, you hold on, hold on one sec, Zach, for whatever reason, I think we're getting some echo through Sam's speakers. That's what I was hearing earlier in the green room. That's that's here. Say, start again. Cause Maybe, Sam, what you might need to do just while we're live is turn down your speakers as low as you possibly can so you can still hear us, uh, but just turn it down as low as you can, and then I'm, I'm not going to cut Zach off so he can finish what he was going to ask you. I was just going to say, how would you summarize the Broncos' offseason, Sam? What's a move that you liked that stood out to you? Like your favorite move, and what's a move that you're kind of still poo-pooing a little bit? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, first and foremost, the best move was uh, no doubt Sean Payton. Um, you know, uh, of all the head coaching candidates, you know, if there's one candidate to fix Russell Wilson in this head coaching cycle. It was Sean Payton. Exactly. Well, let's be honest. Uh, I think Frank Reich would have been a good uh, backup, but you know, nothing against guys like D'Amico Ryan's. But you know, for Russell Wilson and with the type of year he had, he needed to have a coach like Sean Payton. 
to uh, and hopefully fix them and salvage him and to be the uh, quarterback that the Broncos traded for. So for the, the best move is definitely uh, Sean Payton. And then number two would be the improvements to the offensive line. I was really shocked by Mike McGlinchey. Uh, he went from, you know, a team that just went to the NFC championship game to a five and 12 team. So I'm wondering, is that more to do with maybe some concern with uh, Trey Lance and the 49ers quarterback situation and money too? And, or was it about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? So uh, we finally got ourselves a legitimate right tackle for the next hopefully four or five years. So uh, the best moves were Sean Payton and um, the improvements to the offensive line with uh, Ben Powers as well. Okay, I try to lead you to water, but you won't drink yet, Sam. How would you rate the rehiring of Vance Joseph? I assume that's what most people would say <laughs> as their least favorite move. What do you think about that? Okay, uh, <laughs> very mixed on it. Um, first of all, you know, Sean Payton, this was a Sean Payton decision. And uh, with his history, I'm definitely not going to question that. Have we gotten another coach that we were kind of unfamiliar with and he hired Vance Joseph? I think uh, that would have been very, you know, what the heck is going on here, Vance Joseph. But I fully trust that Sean Payton had, uh, you know, very legitimate and well-educated reasons to hire Vance Joseph. And, uh, you know, history kind of shows that, you know, some coaches, they, they don't do well as head coaches, but they do uh, better as coordinators. And hopefully Vance Joseph can be one of that, uh, be one of those. So um, uh, it, it was shocking, no doubt, given that he used to be a head coach of the Broncos and flamed out pretty bad. But I don't question Sean Payton and uh, hopefully Vance Joseph as someone who's just worrying about the defense, uh, I, I think we'll be OK. We have, Sam, a, uh, a few people trying to. Uh, give you some props, including Michaela saying, hey, Sam, awesome having you on the show. She says you're awesome. killing it, which, yes. Uh, William saying doing great. And then we actually have a direct question. Uh, Albert, yes, yeah, flexing the uh, OG football priest T-shirt. Albert Knoppers, a.k.a. the uh, Mile High Duchy, wants to know, what do you think is the biggest need for players uh, to still to get still in the draft or free agents? What are the biggest roster needs in Sam's estimation? Uh, I think the biggest issue right now for the Broncos is the pass rush. Um, like I've mentioned before, um, you know, Randy Gregory is a good player, but, you know, he can't always stay healthy. He can't always stay on the field. And then going across from him, uh, I believe it's Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper are the two. And I'm not sure who else there is. But you know, that was one of the unfortunate things about trading Brad Bradley Chubb is that, you know, and with you know, Von Miller's departure, the Broncos really don't have much of a pass rush. And, you know, Draymond Jones left, too. Hopefully, uh, as Zach, as Zach Allen can fill his shoes. But the Broncos, uh, you know, if there's a good pass rusher, they can get there in the third round. They need to go all in on him and get him because I just think the uh, the pass rush is uh, a concern right now. And other than that, it's definitely offensive line depth. We, we fix the offensive line starters. And, of course, we need to still need a center. Hopefully, we can get a good one as well. But it's a pass rush and offensive line depth that need to be really addressed uh, in the draft and the rest of free agency, the rest of the offseason. Couldn't have said it better myself, Zach. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, Sam. You brought up offensive line, and I think the biggest need still is center because who do you really have there that you can depend on? Lloyd Cushenberry doesn't really fit Sean Payton's system, and then you have Kyle Fuller, who no one's ever heard of, and uh, Luke Wattenberg. So let's say you're George Payton, you're drafting for the Broncos. Your top-rated center, relatively speaking, is on the board, and your top-rated edge guy is on the board. Who are you taking at 67? Uh, edge because, uh, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback is so important nowadays. Um, I think center, you know, they can find guys. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I really can't maybe, but um, who was the center that went to uh, no, Matt Paredes? I think he went to uh, Carolina. Mm -hmm. I think he was a fifth round pick, maybe sixth round. I'm sure they can find guys in the, um, you know, later rounds, uh, maybe an undrafted guy and uh, fill him in and develop him, things like that. But I think, uh, you know, Nowadays, if you can get a good pass rusher, a good edge rusher, you don't pass that up. And the center with a good coach like uh, Sean Payton, and hopefully we'll see what Zach Streif can do. I, I, you know, I'm not going to question him. I think they can develop a center. I love it. Very, uh, very straight to the point uh, rationale. I'm loving it. Michaela is uh, giving some some props to you here with a very generous super chat here to Thank MHH, you, the Duchess. Love Thank you, Michaela. She's saying uh, Sam has his own cheerleaders, Michaela Israel. And myself, Michaela, very generous of you. We love you. But see, look, you're already known to everybody, right? This is why it's like when we have a, a superstar segment, even when it's the first time, Sam, people aren't feeling like, who is this cat? They feel like they know you because they do. State of being. State of being, baby. Speaking of which, 
Uh, and thank you, Marcus. Across the pond, as always, he says uh, to you and MHH Denver Broncos fans, saying, great job, Sam. Appreciate that, brother. Um, speaking of state of being, you are obviously a very uh, educated, passionate, longtime Broncos fan. How did you become such a, a dedicated member of that uh, this fan base? And what was it that, that captured you when it came to the Denver Broncos? Uh, so about, uh, no, my dad is from uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, it's about seven hours, uh, or six, seven hours south of Denver. Uh, he grew up a Broncos fan. Um, so uh, that became a family thing, watching the Broncos, uh, if they're on, on Sundays uh, growing up. It was about 1994 when I would have been about 19 years old when I became, when I started getting into football. And so that just became a family thing, watching the Broncos. Uh, I was in seventh and eighth grade when they brought on uh, Super Bowls 32 and 33. So that's what sold me on the Broncos. I think nice. you know where I'm going with this, Sam. Uh, in your Broncos fandom, give me your favorite memory, the one that still is the thing of your dreams, and your least favorite memory, the thing of your nightmares. Okay. Uh, number one, I just think my greatest memory is that entire Super Bowl 32 run, the first one that they did. You know, they got their payback against Jacksonville, and they went into Arrowhead Stadium on a defensive struggle and just uh, pulled out a win, a 14-10 win over uh, the Chiefs. Then they went to Pittsburgh, and, you know, I, mean, I think Pittsburgh was pretty heavy favorites, and they built a big lead, and then Pittsburgh made it very nerve-wracking, but the Broncos, you know, scratched out a couple more first downs around the clock and went to the Super Bowl. And, of course, we all remember Super Bowl 32, where, you know, Elway's helicopter, you know, run and, uh, and the play where they just they pushed the, uh, I think it was Brown, the defensive uh, or the nose tackle for the Packers just straight back, and they tired out that line, and they pulled out Super Bowl uh, 32, and it's just – one of the greatest moments of just in Broncos history is that first one. So I got to say that whole Super Bowl 32 run was just, you know, just awesome. Just my favorite time. And so I should worst. assume Super Bowl 48 is your least favorite memory. Well, that was uh, going to be part of my answer for the next question, though. Uh, my worst memory, my most my toughest memory for the Broncos is, uh, in the words of Greg Gumbel, uh, Greg Gumbel, caught into the end zone, touchdown Jacoby Jones. How does that happen in the Denver <laughs> secondary? I mean, I, I mean, Super Bowl 48 wasn't unfortunate. Just whooping, you know, the Broncos had to take. I, it's, they were not very well prepared. I don't think under John Fox, unfortunately. And uh, it was just, it's unfortunate. But that playoff loss to Baltimore in 2012 was just such a demoralizing loss. I've just never been more demoralized from a sports loss uh, in my life than that, that loss to the Ravens. So uh, yeah. Th yeah. that would be the toughest moment. That was just a man. I was just they had the game won and. They just, uh, unfortunately, you know, I hope Raheem Moore is doing well, and I really do, but that was just uh, such a tough loss to have that happen. Amen. The memory on this guy, this is this is awesome, dude. Uh, Phil's giving you some props. Thank you also, Phil, for the support. Great to see another awesome. knowledgeable Broncos fan. Thanks for being part of the pod. Uh, buck him with a B, indeed. Thank you. Um, but, Sam, whoops, we uh, – we got one more question for you, and then we're going to cut you loose again. Thank you very much for your time and and spending some some of it with us this evening. But uh, Mount Rushmore, your top four most pivotal Bronco figures in the heart of Sambam. Who are they? Well, of course, uh, I mean, it has to be John Elway. He is, you know, Mr. Bronco, I think. You know, or, I mean, when you think Broncos, you think, uh, you know, John Elway. Uh, number two has to be Von Miller. I mean, he definitely was, you know, the, the biggest reason uh, I think the Broncos won Super Bowl 50, you know, he played a huge role in that AFC championship game against the Patriots. And of course he was, uh, you know, he, he was Cam Newton's daddy uh, in Super Bowl 50. So um, Von Miller, uh, you know, Von Miller has to be up there. Uh, I still think uh, man, it's, it's tough because I don't, I don't have as much of a connection with the Broncos from the seventies and eighties, but you know, Terrell Davis is still one of mine. I got to meet him actually here at a, uh, a community breakfast here um, in 2018 uh, here. So I got to meet Terrell Davis. And then uh, still one of my favorites is, um, of course, uh, I don't know, maybe Jason Elam. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, I got to think, who, who's, who's my my fourth one? It would probably be um, – I'd probably be Shannon Sharp. He was my first Broncos jersey I ever had was uh, Shannon Sharp. I got one uh, in about 97 around that time. So those are kind of my four favorites. But um, the Mount Rushmore would be Elway Miller. Davis and uh yeah, maybe Steve Atwater. That's cool though. That is very cool. Um I love it how you're hashing it out in real time with us, which is very cool. Love it. Uh Mi Michaela saying wham bam, thank you, Sam. 
And uh, we echo that. Sam, thank you for not only making time for us tonight, my friend. This has been a great conversation. Uh, but all the support and all that you bring to the conversation every single night in the chat, it's been a uh, pleasure getting to chat with you and get to know you a little bit. So thank you for making time for us tonight, brother. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, look forward to uh, you know doing it again sometime. I've really enjoyed your um, the podcast you guys have done for uh, I mean, the, the two years I've been doing it. And lastly, I hope to uh, get up to a meet and greet sometime this year or sometime in the future and uh, meet you guys sometime. So thanks for having me again. And as always, go Broncos. <laughs> We'd love to have you there, Sam. Hopefully you can make it out this year. Hope to. For sure. We'll look, we'll look forward to that, my friend. You have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, Sam. All right. There he goes. Sam Bam laying it down with authority. And, uh, I mean, remembering even, Zach, this this shows you how serious the trauma was from that Jacoby that, that yeah. Baltimore Ravens overtime, well, this happened in fourth quarter, but ended up being a, a, an overtime loss. So traumatic. He remembers the call. He remembers the call. And I bet there are a surprising number, Zach, of Bronco fans who probably also remember that call. It's just etched into their brains uh, with trauma. But a really cool conversation. Really interesting Mount Rushmore. You can still see it. He kind of flip-flopped a little on four. It could be Shannon Sharp. It could be Steve Atwater. Uh, but either way, a respectable Mount Rushmore from Sam Bam, as you guys can see here on the ticker. You know, I love asking that question, your least favorite memory. I like to really delve into the psyche of Broncos country. And most people, Chad, when I ask that, they talk about something that happened between 2016 to present time. Not many people talk about something from yesteryear of the Broncos, but that is definitely a painful memory. And in fact, I, I had a Twitter thread today where I said, name a random Bronco. It could be any Bronco. And someone brought up Raheem Moore. And I said, too soon. It's still too soon to talk about that. That'll always go down in infamy. I do like what Sam said, though. I, I hope Raheem is doing well, but that's a pretty tough play to not make in that case. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, Joshua, and those of you who weren't with us at the beginning of the stream, the news, uh, according to, was it Cliss? It was Cliss, right? Yeah. Um, the Broncos at this time are not expected to bring back Latavius Murray. So for now, that running back depth chart, this is, you know, with the assumption that Javante will be able to play this year at some point. Javante Williams, Samaje P. Ryan, Tony Jones Jr., uh, Tyler Batty, and Tyreek McAllister. Does that round it out, I believe? And Demarie uh, Crockett is coming that's back. That's right, from Crockett. ACL. That's right, that's right. So Murray right now, no room at the end. And it's a little bit surprising to me, not just Zach, because – you know, he put in. He he did carry a fair share of the water last year, especially in the face of uh, Melvin Gordon's ultimate disgrace, being benched and then finally let go. Um, but like the fact that he also has that history with Peyton, maybe it's something to do Zach with. Even though he can catch the ball out of the backfield, I don't know. Maybe that's not as much of the forte as Sean Payton might want. I don't know, but I think it makes almost too much sense. And he's the type of guy too right now, Zach. You could get on. Pretty gum close to the veteran minimum. Yeah, I mean, he's also 33 years old, and he has 1,400 carries to his name in his career. I mean, you're always trying to go younger, cheaper, higher upside, and I think if the Broncos took a running back in the fifth round, let's say, uh, he'd be comparable price to Latavius Murray on a veteran minimum type deal, and he'd be more explosive. He'd be more of the hand-picked running back that Sean Payton wants to add to the stable, someone like Sean Tucker from Syracuse, who the Broncos will host on a top 30 visit. Hey, I always love, if we can, getting to the first commenter in the stream on YouTube. These these streams get scheduled ahead of time, 
and it's always fun to see how the conversations begin to take shape even before we go live. Dominique was the first uh, post in the chat today, and he says, shout out to all my MHH ladies. Dominique says, salute to all my MHH brothers. I hope Denver can bridge the gap between us and the playoffs, and here's what I really like, Zach. And Zach, who's your favorite rap artist? Oh, Just man. so I know who to quote for you. So uh, time, to, time to drop some knowledge here on Dominique. The, the rap album, the Zach Kelberman solo record, is coming in the not-too-distant future. But in the meantime, you got to stay satisfied with what he's about to tell you. I can have a whole podcast on like the, the downfall of rap and how it went from being the golden era to what it is now. Um, I grew up with Lil Wayne and Eminem, and I'd say probably Lil Wayne is probably my favorite rapper of all time, but lately like I'm a big uh, Lil Uzi Vert fan. I'm a big NLE Choppa fan. I'm a big Tory Lanez fan. I'm sure, Chad, it's going way over your head right now, probably over the heads some of, of, it. Some of it. A lot of people, but those are the artists that I'm rocking with right now. Money bag, money man, those kind of people. But it's nothing like it used to be. That's for damn sure. So you're not as big of a fan. Like my my teenage sons, um, well, all my young sons from the 20, almost 21-year-old to the 14-year-old, almost 15-year-old, Zach, they're into this kind of like um, emo rap, I guess is best way for me yeah. to put it. So a few artists, Lil Peep, Lil Peep, how do uh, I know? Uh, X, I, forget, I don't even know. Even, yeah, that guy, um, Juice World. I mean, every guy we've mentioned so far that I've mentioned, those dudes are dead, by the way. Yeah. Um, there's a few others, but you're not as big a fan of this, huh? I would, I'm a huge Juice World fan, but he's not like one of the guys that comes to mind only because, you know, he's no longer with us, but I'm not really big into that, um, Zanny type rap, you know, the, the, I don't want to say druggy rap, but you have to be on like a perky or a zanny to listen to that. So Yeah. That's one of the things that makes me very uncomfortable that, you know, because as a guy that loved punk rock, I mean, I'm like blasting Rage Against the Machine, which is not punk rock, but like rock heavy stuff when I'm 14. And that's that part in the middle of, uh, well, the not the middle, the uh, crescendo, the end of Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine, you know, I'm blasting that just trying to piss off my parents. So it's hard <laughs> for me as a, as a dad to tell them, no, don't listen to this. Don't listen to that. Like I, I have to be very careful because I don't know, it's just kind of against my religion for lack of a better term. But some of that stuff where it really is like, if you turn on and listen to, uh, we'll get back to Broncos here. One second, guys, juice world, uh, uh, X and especially little peep, dude, it's all about popping pills. Yeah, that's that's what the that's what I'm telling you. The downfall. It's become just mumble rap and backpack rap and and zanny rap. And Scott has a funny comment here. Y'all might as well be Nick talking about Pokemon for all I know about the names you're dropping. He recognized Lil Uzi for he recognized the Lord and Savior. So I'm happy he did that. Um, Sinji asked me really quickly. You like Young Dolph? I was a big fan of Dolph. I actually went to one of his concerts, met him briefly. Good guy. Unfortunately, he passed away as well. So I think Sin, you and I. We share a brain, not a lot of rap. Let me know your favorite artist. Too many, too many, uh, no longer, young rappers no longer with us. But, uh, yeah. all right, let's, uh, let's back segue back, Zach, to, uh, some Bronco relevant topics here, guys. And guess what? We appreciate you guys when we, uh, when we do like to, to devolve the conversation a little bit on little side rants. But Sam Bam, let's bring it back. Sam Bam, holy smokes, after, Throwing down a legendary segment as a superstar throws down a very generous top rope super chat thanks so much, saying Sam. thanks so much again for having me. <laughs> Guys, go Broncos. Sam, it was our pleasure. Thank you for everything, bro. You did a great job, dude. You were just dropping knowledge. Your command, your memory recall, especially 96 playoff run, bro, props. Sam, I had one final question for you as we were signing off, and we talked about it a few pods ago, John Elway's legacy. And you mentioned Elway being on your Mount Rushmore, obviously. Sam, if you could, in the comments, let us know in, like, let's say five words or less how you would term Elway's legacy. Just curious. Yes. Uh, a very salient topic at this particular point in time because Elway officially, uh, what was it, two weekends ago, stepped away from the Broncos for good. Parted ways, I guess, is the better way to put it. Um, but, Sam, love you, big dog. Really appreciate you. Um, okay. Zach, some other things that I want to get to here. Unfortunately, we were all excited on Monday night. We're like, yeah, Broncos are reporting today. We're going to 
see tomorrow begins phase one of OTAs. That means we're going to, you know, we're going to get some head coach media availability. We'll probably get a quarterback, a star player or two. And then we learn Tuesday morning, first things first, Peyton's putting the kibosh on that period. And it was interesting to to see Mike Kliss of Nine News, his write-up that he actually published on this topic today. He was in equal parts lamenting it and passive-aggressively criticizing Sean Payton for not allowing media access, basically, during these OTAs, and then also tipping his cap to him for keeping the focus on football. And he noted that, hey, you know, this is the first time in basically like 30 years that we're not going to be able to have any kind of press availability uh, for players and coaches basically until May 23rd is what we're hearing, um, which you start getting to some of the NFL mandated stuff where he has to hold this. So how do you feel about Sean Payton saying we're killing all possible distractions here for the players and coaches. We're keeping this purely on Denver Broncos. Yeah, Mike Liss literally live from the gutter in the Dove Valley bushes trying to get a, a sneak peek of the players arriving. And I believe Russell Wilson stopped to say hi to the Nine News crew over there. So he was a, a, a mensch about it. Um, I love the all-work, no-play policy that Sean Payton has instilled. And you might think it's too over-the-top, uh, too authoritarian, but that's exactly what the Broncos need. They need that that tough ass. They need that tough love. They need to go to work and put their noses in the dirt to get better. And he told you what the Broncos were going to be in his intro press conference. He mentioned anonymous donors doing work behind the scenes, not putting your name on it, not living on social media, not living for the cameras, just doing your job day in and day out. And so far, I think the team has bought into that. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. So you said five words or less to Sam. What, what's what's John Elway's legacy? Here it is. Broncos would have no championships. Five words right on the dot. Well said. I mean, you know, when you when you think about his legacy right now, I think most fans, Zach, it's it's too easy to separate the two buckets, right? His player legacy and then his front office legacy. But now that he's officially parted ways with the Broncos and there's next to no chance of a reunion there's that's done it's in the past i think that those two different legacies are are going to be morphed into one and in that spirit look exactly he brought you two world championships five super bowl berths as a player two world championships and then two more super bowl berths as a gm and one more world championship so i think what sam bam says here is apropos it's 100%. And then you have a, a counterpoint. Uh, Peyton still won us one, but who recruited Peyton at Denver? Uh, that would be John Elway. So, you know, any path you take, any argument always comes back to number seven, the Duke of Denver. I think his legacy is uh, very much set in stone. And what Sam Bam said there was perfect. Uh, an interesting question from Zebulon. He's checking in from the Zeta Reticuli galaxy. <laughs> and we love it when you do, man. Whatever technology you have that's able to bridge that gap, dude, that you, you gotta sell that on Earth, dog. Because weather that's, balloons. Yeah, that's got that's <laughs> right. We, they say it was weather balloons. We know it was Zebulon just checking in on the Broncos. That's what was happening. Uh, but he says, is the radio silence by the way, Kevin, you the man, appreciate you. Uh, is the radio silence normal for Sean Payton? Did he do this every year with the Saints? Well, I'm not going to profess, Zach, maybe you know more than I, but I'm not going to profess to know every little thing about Sean Payton's tenure with the Saints, but what I will tell you is something very interesting that he said in his introductory press conference, which is the last press conference uh, that we've gotten from the Broncos at UC Health Training Center, was that when he was asked, uh, I can't remember exactly how the question was phrased, but basically, you know, some of the different teams and coaches that he's tried to model his approach after, of course, Bill Parcells is his main primary mentor, but he brought up Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots and that he spent a lot of time uh, studying basically what he what they did and why they did it, how they went about things. And he used that really fun, I'm going to butcher it, um, metaphor to say, look, if, if you're 
if you're trying to sell pizzas or whatever and the pizza joint across the street has a, a line going you know out the door and around the corner you might want to try and find out what's the you know recipe of their crust or their sauce or whatever and i only i only bring this up because this is very belichickian kind of radio silence type uh let's kill any possible uh, opportunity to distract or to get wires crossed or to let other teams know what we're up to like it's very similar to what we uh, would expect from a coach like Belichick yeah it's a great point and uh, I can't profess either to know what he did during his 15 years in New Orleans but he did mention that what Hackett did he didn't mention Hackett by name but he mentioned that things were done very unusually compared to how they did things you know he has multiple people that worked under him with the Saints now in Denver it was very different how they did things in New Orleans so I assume it's it was all work and no play there or very little play until, you know, they had all their assignments done, all their responsibilities done. And it's what you have to be. you got to stay on top of these people. You have to have that little bit of fear that you instill in your players. It can't be club med. It can't be like what Hackett did last year, Chad, because you saw the results. It's not good. If you want to be good at tackle football, you can't practice in a flag football kind of way and expect to be ready for the physical exactly. war of attrition. Um, I was talking with Doc Bear, uh, MHH Emeritus, and a guy who inspired me to do what you what I do today. Uh, and he's a uh, you know Doc OMD. He's he's got a lot of knowledge, experience, and education in different medical fields, but especially especially uh, Eastern medicine. But he was just bringing up um, the fact that you know you look at it like um, you know he's bringing it with martial arts, for example. If all you ever did was go against air in your as, as you're learning and you're you're getting your belts and this and that or whatever you're really never going to progress to a point where it's actually practically um applicable right so like when if all you're doing is practicing against the air zach every, and the push comes to shove and it's time to either go to a real match or you're out in the real world and you have to maybe get physical for one reason or another to protect yourself you're gonna be uh shocked at how unprepared that actually made you right and the same thing applies here with last season no nine on sevens no one-on-ones no players playing uh in the pre no starters i should say playing in the preseason and so sean payton's saying that was horse you know what and albert here zach saying i'm also glad that sean is focused on conditioning strengthening the players first no more ridiculous number of players on ir i hope this is a Great point by Albert and something that Sean Payton touched on multiple times. Um, he mentioned that everyone had their, a lot of different fingerprints were on the mess that was the 2022 Broncos and injuries certainly uh, were, if not top of the list and definitely top three. And I love what he said. You know, he was asked about having the voluntary mini camp that was scheduled for this month. He goes, yeah, I saw that was printed. We're not having that. We're going to train and we're going to have strength and conditioning. And we're going to do what we need to do for a, about a month before we get into the rigors of football. It's just a whole different mindset. It's a true adult, a true competent coach in charge now. And it's new and foreign to us, even though we've covered the team for years now, because we haven't seen that in Dove Valley for years, Chad. Very true. Very true. But it just goes to show you that, again, you have that adult back in the room, a guy, a hashtag extreme competency, a guy who knows how the sausage gets made. And while in the short term it might feel like fans and media are being deprived, I don't think you should let your heart be troubled one whit over the fact that you don't get to hear Russell Wilson speak today or Sean Payton for that matter because they're focused on what ultimately you as a fan are going to care about most when the rubber meets the road, and that is are we winning ball games? Are we fielding a competitively relevant team on Sundays come the fall? And that's the focus, and I love that. Um, also some news. Thank you, Taylor, for bringing this up. The Super Chat, very appreciated. What do you guys think of the stadium upgrade? So in case you missed it, um, Zach, there was a story back in December that um, we, we spent a little bit of time on, but I don't think we even covered it in the written form on the website. But the Broncos, there was a report that they were going to uh, spend $100 million in stadium infrastructure upgrades, and they were going to borrow a portion of that from some NFL lending program, etc., uh, that began in earnest, actually, this week in the form of the uh, video board, they call it. So over the south stands, the video board, the old one, came down, and they're putting up a new and improved one. That's 
I guess, phase one of what they're going to be doing to upgrade the stadium. I think it's cool. I think it also has some implications on whether or not this is a, an ownership group that's going to be pursuing a new stadium anytime in the near future. But what's your answer for Taylor? I have a very pragmatic answer similar to uniforms. I mean, I guess it's cool for the fan base. It's it's a cool aesthetic, but I don't think the average fan is going to care that the screen is bigger if the Broncos are getting blown out 40 nothing by Kansas City at home, for example. Winning is first and foremost. I think most of Broncos country would trade a super small in-stadium screen for a winning product on the field, but hopefully the Broncos can have their cake and eat it too. You know, be a double-digit win team and have a bigger scoreboard. So it's good for Broncos country. It is. Uh, Mac Dog, what's up? Lubbock, Texas. Uh, one of uh, the, the great young fans in our community. We got to hang out with him a little bit, him and his old man at the meet and greet last uh, September, which was really cool. Hopefully we get to see you guys again this next time. Appreciate the super chat, Big Dog. He says, what's up, guys? I can't wait for next year. Russ is going to be the comeback player of the year. You heard it here. Zach, um, usually... Hey, from your lips, Mac Dog, to the football god's ears, but usually that's a, a an award that is given out to a player overcoming some kind of an injury um, obstacle or whatever. Not always, but, but but it is. Do you see him being the guy that's going to be in that conversation as, as Mac Dog here is predicting? Or unless you're Geno Smith, who I still don't understand, who even won that award. I mean, absolutely. He had multiple injuries last year, even though he didn't miss the majority of the season. But he has been written off by literally everyone. I have never seen a star athlete face more criticism and be so discounted like Russell Wilson has been. You pair him with Sean Payton, hopefully a, a much better product. I, I think he could be in the conversation, but that's less important. I don't care if he wins that award so long as the Broncos win games on the field. And I don't think Russell Wilson cares much about that either. Hopefully at this point, he's not worried about MVP votes. And who knows how much of that was true, right? A lot was made uh, during his time, uh, during the initial period from when he was uh, traded to the Broncos all the way up until the hit piece, right, that came out on him on the doorstep of the season and then that just was a trend that continued throughout the year was that, you know, he wanted to hashtag let Russ cook because he felt like the reason he wasn't genuinely in these MVP conversations, even though he had years that should have put him in it, um, was because of how the basically the coaches were holding him back. And if they could just hashtag let Russ cook and do the Peyton Manning thing, the drop back pass thing left and right, he'd be able to show everybody and, and, and vault himself into that conversation and, if there is any veracity to that, all right, hopefully, Zach, after he was given the reins like that and was allowed to basically co-author not only the offense, but a lot of how the previous coaching regime approached things uh, in Denver last year, hopefully he's been disabused of the relevance of that pursuit, right? Like, keep your focus on what you kept your focus on to start your career. That is winning a, a job, and then once you got the job, win football games. You keep your focus on that every single week uh, in the NFL, and those other things will come if they're meant to be. I don't know about you, but I don't believe a damn thing that was written about Russell Wilson over the last year or so. I mean, all the Mike Sandos in the world and all the, the hit pieces and criticisms, that's people's opinion. They're entitled to it. I'm not taking my cues from them. Russell Wilson knows last year wasn't good enough. The Broncos know that. Sean Payton knows that. He's kind of putting him on the hot seat a little bit, and I think the results for everyone involved will be much better. Chad, what's up, brother? Uh Appreciate you. Great to see you in the chat tonight. Love this pod and all the info you guys talk about. Also, I see you're live tomorrow. Chad, can't wait. That's right. The Bridge the Gap a record release show for those of you who live in Utah. Everybody's making the trip. It's a good middle point. We're playing live uh, Friday night, tomorrow night, Salt Lake City at a place called Boomerangs in Mill Creek. If you want to know how to be there, just make sure you're following Bridge the Gap on Facebook or Instagram, and it'll be easy to find uh, find the show and come out. It is a 21 and over uh, venue, so it's not all ages. You do have to be 21 or older. Uh, but we're going to be there. We're going to rock out. We're going to play the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I know there are quite a few MHH uh, members of the community that plan on coming and, and hanging out. Make sure you come find me and say what's up because I do want to meet you uh, and all that. So that'll be tomorrow night, guys. It's going to be a gas. And Chad, hope to see you there, big dog. Um, all right, Zach. 
We're at about 40 minutes, so we had a great conversation with Sam. We've covered most of the relevant news points. Is there anything burning that we haven't gotten to? Uh, I do want to grab this from Albert, but uh, any topics you think we haven't been able to delve into yet? Uh, We talked about the Seahawks really quickly. I read on Twitter that supposedly Pete Carroll before the game literally ran through a whiteboard because that's how fired up he was for that. Uh, That's number one. Just want to get that out there. Uh, Number two, the Commanders sold today for $6.05 billion Billion. to Josh Harris, who actually bid on the Broncos, Magic Johnson, and that group. And um, my tweet, simply put, was the Commanders went for $6 billion. Rob Walton paid $4.65 for the Broncos. Talk about great value. Exactly. Well, well played, dude. That was that was good. I almost missed it just barely, but I I caught it at the at the in the nick of time. Um, But yeah, dude, that's crazy, right? Because now you're thinking, wait a minute. Why wasn't why didn't that group win the Bronco bid? Right. Maybe because surely the Broncos, I would think anyway, uh, would be valued more. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But even if they're even if I am. Sounds like the Bolins and the NFL at large had a bigger say on who ended up winning that bid than maybe people thought. They wanted that Walmart money in the league. They wanted that wherewithal, that, you know, what's a good word, that pizzazz, that whatever. They got it um, because they wouldn't, you know, they knew that maybe Washington was going to be pressured to eventually sell and that time might come, but they couldn't have said when. Meanwhile, right now, you got the chance to get the Walton family in the NFL. Let's go ahead and not look that gift horse in the mouth, so to speak. It is surprising that they went for almost $2 billion more, but I feel like it's like paying a quarterback in the NFL. Once you pay one, that becomes the barometer for the next quarterback. So, you know, I I wish the Washington franchise, well, they have some great fans there, Chad, and they've been held back for many years by Dan Snyder and company. Albert wants to know about this year's meet and greet. Is it going to be the first home game? We're not sure yet because it really is going to depend on exactly how the schedule is structured because not only do we want it to be a home game in September, Albert, but we want it to be a uh, – I mean, that early in the season, every game is relevant, but we want it to ha- be one of the games in that first quarter of the season that has a little additional meaning to it one way or another, whether it's division or you know more of a marquee matchup, whatever it might be. So you could be right, Albert. It could end up being the first home uh, game of the season, could be the home opener, but too early to say we know who the opponents are. Uh, We know which ones are home and which ones are away even. We just don't know the order of that yet. So uh, unfortunately, can't answer that quite yet, but we are inching closer to a point where we will be able to answer that. We're basically just waiting for the schedule to come out, and then we'll be able to announce that. Yeah, and as Scott points out, the schedule release is going to come out around or on May 11th, so... Less than a month, we'll know the exact dates, and we'll have some concrete information about that. Indeed, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you and your wife, Michelle, there once again. Uh, TD, Randall, yeah, dude, yes. Uh, Been a minute since we've seen this longtime listener and uh, longtime Super Chat superstar. Hope you're doing well, big dog. It has been a minute. He says, appreciate all your hard work, fellas. MHH for life. Hey, we appreciate you uh, circling back, big dog. Appreciate you. Uh, Mike, you are a prince. Um, seriously, I don't know what we'd do without you. I'll not forget, I'm going to go back to Twitter and check out your uh, your new T-shirts that you got for sure. Um, Zach, one more, and then I say let's uh, dip on out of here for tonight from Nick Hale saying, what's up, Priest? Question, now that Peyton is going to play starters in the preseason, do you think we will know what kind of team we'll have? Uh, for the 2023 season, or do you think it will take a few games in the regular season to tell what kind of juju we have? Interested in your thoughts? P.S. I'll be there tomorrow. Chad, rock on. All right, looking forward to seeing you there, Nick. Make sure you come find me, big dog. But what's your answer for him here on the Broncos? Yeah, I don't think you're going to glean the whole picture of the 2023 Broncos in the preseason. I think the micro point of view, it's going to make them a tougher team. You get to work out the kinks, work out the hiccups, and just overall clean up the whole operation. But you're right, and that's how it usually goes. It takes a couple games or maybe even a quarter of the season, maybe even half the season before the Broncos find their footing. And hopefully they're a team, if they're coached well, which I think they will be, they'll get better as the season goes on, not worse. Well said. I couldn't agree more. Keith, you're saying, Chad, I have a package waiting in my house. Can't wait. I'm glad. See, I, I, I wasn't worried about it. 
he ordered a Bridge the Gap LP and a signed version and got shipped out. And it kind of got, I wouldn't say lost in the mail, but it took twice as long as we would have expected to get to him. So I'm glad it is showing up, Big Dog, and appreciate your support on that. And then, Zach, real quick, shout out to Adam uh, down in Oz saying, Greetings from Australia. Love listening to you guys. Makes my week. Uh, Broncos for life. Very cool, Adam. Thank you for checking in because Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being, baby. It's wherever you are, and that's where uh, Adam is, Zach. So uh, maybe let's uh, sign off for now because this has been a really good conversation, and um, I think we've hit all the main topics we wanted to to mine tonight. Was that Gotsis? Was that Adam Gotsis at our – wasn't he from ooh, Australia? Ooh, yeah, originally, yes. Former Broncos. Highest, highest drafted Australian-born player in NFL history. Yeah, and now he's, uh, I think, on Jacksonville. I don't even, I don't really even know. But that was the MHH Pod, another wonderful edition of our show. If you're not doing so, follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Also, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can find Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some Buckham merch or anything we're rocking on the show or anyone's rocking on any of our shows, go to mhhmerch.com and get your swag on. And if you haven't, please, please go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod be sure you're liking that page and following that page if you're on ig you can follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle and if you haven't guys and gals go to apple Podcasts and leave your football pre a five star review for a chance to win some of that merch or swag whatever word you want to use each and every single month but if anything please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you amen much love and respect to each and every one of you uh i'm seeing here that we miss some stars from robert Otteson. much love and respect big dog saying keep up the good work boys i think we should go with a corner with that first third round pick hey i don't disagree zach that the broncos need some additional corner depth but i'm just still the i'm a little stitious i'm not superstitious and i am a little stitious and the fact that um the Broncos' boneyard, is you can still see the skeletons of Brendan Langley, Isaac yeah. Yadam, and Michael Ojemudia kind of yeah. poking up from the dirt, all of which were third-round picks since 2017. <laughs> that just makes me a little bit nervous. That's a wonderful analogy. I can literally imagine like a, a Broncos graveyard full of busts, and they're definitely <laughs> lining that. Um, I don't think that cornerback is more pressing than center or outside linebacker like Sam Bam talked about. So they'll grab a corner at some point. I just don't personally believe it should be with the first third-round pick. Yeah, I, but yeah, I feel you, Robert. It is a need, and at the end of the day, that uh, superstitious – pause whatever it shouldn't be what dictates what happens in the third round if the right guy's there for me he's a corner third round pick 67 or 68 which that's when the broncos that's their first selection this year 67 but fortunately they get a back-to-back and 68 we'll see how it shakes out big dog but shout out to these great super chat superstars and facebook supporters tonight and i want to start with sam bam because he not only threw down a very generous super chat but also graced us with a phenomenal segment to start off the show so thank you sam uh, the Duchess throwing down Taylor Christensen, Mac Dog, and TD Randall in the house. It's great to see you again, Big Dog. Michael Ronquillo, Phil McLaughlin, and uh, of course uh, Robert Otteson. So, oh, 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 uh, almost forgot Marcus crossed the pond as well. Thank you guys. Much love and respect. If you want to, if you're in Utah or close to, and you want to make it to the Bridge of the Gap record release show tomorrow night, Friday night in Salt Lake City, Boomerangs in Mill Creek, just go find the Bridge of the Gap social media. You'll see the uh, advertisement. You can get the address and all that stuff. So, however many of you show up for that, looking forward to seeing you. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos.